All right. Hey, listen, there's somebody special here that I've gotten to know over the last year or so. I, I think it could be explained that I probably have somewhat of a bromance with her husband. <laughs> he actually said the other day that, uh, that she asked him to go to a certain restaurant and he just looked at her and said, that's kind of the restaurant Chris and I go to. As Joe and Amanda Hatcher, Joe is, um, I've gotten to know him over the last year. We do go to breakfast almost every week. And um, uh, just one of my heroes, he looks like Captain America. And uh, uh, a veteran, five combat tours. And, and uh, listen, when I run into somebody like that, um, that, is, that have led men in difficult situations, I want to know how they think. I want to know what makes him tick. I want to know how he can pull off stuff that I've never pulled off. And I want to know uh, what God has blessed him with and and, and how do I get it. And so uh, I I just have learned to, uh, have grown to love them. And their their story is better than just that, trust me, when you hear it today. And so we're going to invite, Joe is actually working. He's a firefighter on top of that, like rushing into buildings and stuff. Um, so, he, so yeah, it's like, we're almost, we're about the same age, but I'm, I'm like, you're the guy I always wanted to be. Um, so, uh, so, uh, his wife, Amanda is here with us this morning and we're going to talk about, uh, their amazing story and how God is leading them in their life in a, in a, in a great way. Uh, so could you give it up for her this morning as she comes? So Amanda is no stranger to the microphone or the spotlight. Is that true? Is, <laughs> is, it, is it on? Can you hear me? Yes. Check. Is it on? Check, 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 check. Check, check. It is on a little bit. It's not on like this. <laughs> check, 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 check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. 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 One, two. Test. One, two. Batteries are good. Check. One, two. Check. One, two. I'll grab a corded mic real quick. Check. Check. That's that's closer. <laughs> you were the you were actually the public relations? Right, and I was the spokesperson for the Frederick County Sheriff's Office in Maryland. And I did that for about a year and a half. I was a deputy sheriff for eight years. That was the last position I held at the sheriff's office. So part of my job was speaking in front of the camera and and giving talks and stuff like that. That's awesome. She can also arrest you, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still want to do that sometimes? Just randomly? (laughs) See, even if I was retired, I'd be like, I just feel like arresting you right now. And so we'll see how it plays out. Um, 
Tell us a little bit how you guys got here to Hedgesville Church. Um, it was almost two years ago. Um, Joe and I, during our relationship and even when we got married, we had kind of been trying to find our way in our faith. And we weren't in church, um, but we knew, especially after we had kids, that that's something that we wanted to be a part of. We wanted to bring our children up that way. Um, for me, I, I never found a place that felt like home. So that was part of the issue, but just randomly, we had been driving the back way to our house. We live um, in Back Creek. We back up to Sleepy Creek, our, our property does. And just randomly, we were driving home this way, and I just saw the church, and I was like, well, what about that one? <laughs> so we looked, we looked up Hedgesville Church online, and you have a very nice website. And, um, but it still wasn't a couple months before we actually showed up. And then I have to say, our first, our first service here, um, it was set up for kids' turn. Uh, sorry about so that. So everything, <laughs> everything was neon and futuristic looking, and I was like, well, this is different. I mean, this is, you know, modern, so. It's, um, our, it's our summer look. So, um, Pastor Chris was doing the sermon, and um, but still, even despite all the neon and everything, it, it really felt like home to us already, and um, then the next week when we came and everything looked normal, it's like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so. Well, we'll scratch that design element and any additions that we... <laughs> We, we, we were kind of partial to that, but anyway. <laughs> um, your story, Amanda and Joe are uh, working through an adoption process, and um, uh, over the last couple months, I've gotten to know this story a lot better, and the miracles that God has done uh, in their lives through this process. Um, start off telling us how you got to that place where you decided... This is what we want to do. Um, I think adoption has always kind of been in the back of our minds. Um, I was actually adopted from foster care as an older child. So for a while, Joe and I had talked about, well, maybe eventually when you know our kids are growing up um, and out of the house, maybe we'll do foster care and kind of repay that. And um, Joe has family members that were adopted. I think he has a couple of uncles and aunts. Um, who were adopted. So it's kind of always been in the back of our minds um, to maybe someday adopt or foster. And then, um, you want me to jump into? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so three years ago, Joe was getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan. We already had our son, Caleb. He was about a year and a half old at the time. And his unit was in um, El Paso, Texas, doing like their, like two months of workups before they deployed. So a bunch of the wives and kids, we all went out there to visit them before they actually left to go over to Afghanistan. And um, one night, um, when the next morning I woke up and I told Joe, I said, I had this really vivid dream last night that we had a little boy, and um, besides Caleb, and I said he had, you know, chocolate-colored skin, and um, he was probably three to five years old. Um, just big smile, just really cute. And uh, Joe goes, I had the same dream last night. And uh, 
He was right. You're going to need tissues. <laughs> Chris asked him, he said, are you going to need tissues? And Joe said, yeah, probably. <laughs> she was so, like, nah, I'm good. No, nope, I'm good. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so that kind of started this thought, you know, at least in my mind that, okay, well, maybe we're supposed to adopt, you know, maybe sooner than when our kids grow up. And um, Joe left for um, his deployment, and he forgot about the dreams, but um, but I didn't. So over the last three years, um, adoption has just kind of been in the back of our minds, and I would remind him of the dream. And um, we just didn't know when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen, where you know we were going to adopt from. And then when Joe got back from deployment, we knew we wanted more children and we tried for probably about a year before we got pregnant with our daughter Hannah but before we got pregnant I was like well maybe you know it's taken so long maybe we're just supposed to adopt so that came up again um, but then we were able to um, get pregnant with Hannah so we kind of put it on the back shelf and um, after we had Hannah a couple months after she was here um, it started coming up again for us we just it was still always there in the back of our minds. And Joe would you know, look up children locally that needed to be adopted. And um, But something just kind of was telling me that it was going to be international adoption. And I was trying to figure out how to tell Joe that because <laughs> international adoption is pricey and he was thinking you know well maybe we'll foster to adopt and it'll you know work out that way but I just something just kept telling me you know we were supposed to be looking international so um, so one night um, well you want me just I'm just telling the whole story that's cool right yeah okay (laughs) I I will say this this is how I found out about this I don't think Hannah was probably six eight months how old is she? she was about four months old four months old i go to breakfast with joe we're sitting we're sitting down here at warm springs the restaurant he won't let you go to um, yeah he said he actually says yeah that's kind of chris in my spot <laughs> so we're sitting there they just had a baby like four months prior and he's got this really serious he's like man god's doing some amazing stuff we're gonna um we're gonna adopt a kid and I got three kids of my own. I know what I felt like after four months after we had one. Um, and I was like, they, you know, all my pastor things kicked in. I'm like, God, are you, am I supposed to tell him something here? Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. You're going to. And I said, wow. Like, so what made you start thinking about that? <laughs> four months after you've had a baby. And he said, well, I want five kids and we're not going to get there the regular way. <laughs> Done. You should get two. <laughs> and that's exactly the way it came out. I was like, dude, I'm good with that. That's a logical reason to do this. And then he tells me the rest of the story, and I'm going, what? We don't cry in warm springs. We don't cry in the restaurant. And so um, I'm, I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? You have to do this. So, so um, the year prior... Um, one of my best friends from high school had actually gone down to Columbia and adopted a little boy with special needs. And he was kind of an older boy. Um, 
and she had told me about her experience and told me how he actually had been raised with another little boy and since they were both babies they had been moved different foster homes together over the years and she said you know I really want to go back and um, adopt this boy too and she told me ever since she brought her son home um, her son Elias had cried for this other little boy and you know he said he's sad and he needs me and he he wants me we need to you know we need him here so she was kind of determined to go back and adopt this foster brother and um, and she showed me a picture and well she told me he has special needs as well and she showed me a picture and I was actually kind of surprised because he didn't look Hispanic he um, was what she described as Afro-Colombian um, so I was a little bit surprised at that but um, this last year we kind of lost touch you know we had Hannah and she was busy um, she's a social worker down in Baltimore so we kind of lost touch and then back in April something just kind of was on my heart to reach out to her after all this time this past year and so I finally emailed her and uh, just asked how she was doing and um, she emailed me back right away and um, she said you know things were good she's been busy um, but she decided not to go through with this second adoption she said that they had just got back from Columbia they went down to visit him and she realized as a single mom of one special needs child that um, she didn't feel that it was really fair to the second boy um, and she really felt like he needed a mom and a dad so she said you know I'm really gonna try to find him a, a home here so hopefully at least the boys can kind of grow up together still so and the night that she and I were messaging back and forth Joe was actually at work so I started texting him and I said, how would you feel about adopting this little boy from Columbia um, who has special needs? And she was sending me stuff and I was going back and forth and he was asking about his special needs. And, um, and finally I told him, I said, well, the reason I'm asking, I, I know you don't remember the dreams that we had you know, three years ago, but that morning when you said you had the same dream, <laughs> um, my friend's name is Tiffany oh, he said you told me it was Tiffany's boy and she couldn't keep him mm. <laughs> so um, of course he's like are you serious <laughs> so I said yeah so um, and I told her that as well and she was kind of floored by that because at the time Tiffany didn't have kids um, she's white <laughs> And I knew if she had kids that she wasn't going to give one of her kids away. So I never thought <laughs> <laughs> that that part of the dream meant anything. I just, I just thought it was a random dream thing. So I never reminded him of that part of the dream until she told me, I'm going to try to find a, a home for this boy. So, um, so Joe was like, yeah, I think we're going to have to pray about it and, you know, <laughs> Um, and I told Tiffany all this, and she actually was in touch with the social worker down in Columbia, who it turns out is like one of the best social workers you could actually have down there. And she sent me a screenshot of her conversation with um, the social worker, and the social worker said, that's God. She said, this boy is theirs for sure. 
So, so um, she was actually given permission to share some of his files with us and um, some of his pictures, and I'm sending them. And that, that was the other crazy thing was, um, if anybody knows where we live, we live out in the sticks, and to, to send a picture from our phone, it, it takes a couple minutes to send pictures, <laughs> and it's just, it's really a pain. But that night, my pictures were flying off my phone to Joe, so he could see, like, the pictures and... Um, you know, get the information about him and everything. So that was really kind of cool. So the next day, um, Joe actually had breakfast with you, and you guys get to, to talk, and Joe came back and said, uh, yeah, I, I think we should do this. Um, it just it feels right. So um, another thing I, I hadn't told you, but when I was talking to Tiffany, I had told her the week before I'd actually... I finally, I was like, you know what, I, I think we're supposed to do this at some point, so let's just go ahead and reach out to an agency and at least get our um, our information going, get something going in case somebody comes up that needs a home, and maybe God will provide that way. And this is before we found out about this, this boy. Um, so a week prior, I requested information on how to get started. And I told Tiffany that, and she goes, um, what day was that? And I said, it was, you know, Friday. And she goes, Thursday is when I told the adoption agency to release him because I, I, I'm not going to be able to take him. So I was just like, but um, so since April, we've been working on our home study, and um, which we finished. We're just waiting for that to be finalized, and uh, we're in the second kind of phase of that. But um, it's moving along really fast. And they said, uh, it's Children's Home Society here in Martinsburg. And they said that um, the social worker we're working with, she said that this is the fastest, you know. Um, they probably haven't done any home studies on Captain America and, and former <laughs> cops. Probably not. <laughs> but she said that this is the fastest home study she's done for international adoption so far. And so, um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at right now. <laughs> so another thing I found out that Joe and I talked about is you guys, um, one of the things that I appreciated so much was that you were, pre you were preparing not, not only um, mentally for this, but you guys were preparing financially. You were preparing. You, you stay at home now. Right. Um, so... Amanda and I talked earlier, one of the things you see oftentimes is, um, is that people ask God for things and then they never prepare to accept them. That, that's, that's the truth. I had a mentor um, who used to tell me, Chris, like, I just complain. Come on, anybody complain because God's not giving you what you want? Am I the only one? And I would complain to him all the time like, man, you know, and he'd just look at me. Chris, God uses prepared people. And, and I'll be like, whatever. That's not what I want to hear. Um, but one of the things, you might not be totally prepared, uh, but if I believe God is going to give me give something to me, then my preparation for that is a sign that, I'm, that, that I believe He's going to do it. Amen? Amen? So 
If you're going to get married, you go out and buy a dress. That's the way it works, right? And so one of the things that we, we see over and over and over again is that we, we pray and we ask God, God, give this to me, give this, this is my dream, this is my dream. And, and, and I believe he's looking down on us going, that's not much of a dream. You haven't taken one step towards it. You, you haven't taken, like, God, I want to be a teacher. Well, figure out if you can go to school or not, right? But the, uh, I have a motto, like, do what's in front of you. Work towards that, work towards it. And, and one of the things I appreciate about them so much is that like in every area of their life, they were just like knuckled down like crazy. And some of the stuff Joe told me, I was like, how did you do that? Um, and, and it was like, God, we believe this is going to happen and we're going to be ready for it when it does. And what if the church operated like that? We believe this is going to happen and we're going to be ready for it when it does. T- tell us a little bit about like financially and, and things like you staying home and all that stuff. Right. Um, before we started coming to church, and I don't know, some people might remember the letter that you read um, a couple weeks ago, but we had started, we finally started the Dave Ramsey, you know, total money makeover and realized that we had a lot more debt than we realized. You know, every month we were kind of, well, we're fine, we can make our payments, but we weren't really fine, you know, especially when we sat down and looked at, you know, the total amount of debt we had accumulated. So we started um, working that program and just paying off our debt was a a big thing for us. Um, And once we started knocking out a big chunk of our debt, um, we started realizing that maybe after we had Hannah that I could stay home, which I'd always wanted, but I never thought that we could do because of, you know, we have to make our payments. So, um, and I just kept feeling more and more like I, I'm supposed to stay home. I need to stay home. And, um, and Joe was on board with it. So we made the decision to give up my pension and, you know, that extra income for me to stay home and, and follow what we feel like God was calling us to do. And with looking back now, I realized, you know, we wouldn't have been able to accept you know, this invitation to adopt if I was still working and commuting, you know, an hour each way to Frederick. And um, so um, just, you know, paying off the debt, putting money aside, um, getting, well, and learning how to handle money, I think, was a big thing for us. I mean, we didn't really understand how to budget, how to handle money. So that was kind of a big thing. And then the tithing, we were, you know, um, it was on our hearts to really tithe and not just give, you know, the $20 offering every week <laughs> to the church. So we were actually giving what, you know, God commanded us to give. Um, and we were still able to pay off, you know, I mean, we sold things, um, but we were able to pay off, you know, $80,000 worth of debt in about a year and a half. And, um, yeah, yeah. He told me that at breakfast, too. Yeah. And I was like, you can buy breakfast this morning, brother. <laughs> I, I went, what? I was floored. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you were saying, look, if, if you know, we're going to work towards... And l- let me say this. Anytime you do what God has asked you to do, you're working towards what God wants you to, to accomplish through you. Do you know what? Do you understand that? 
So oftentimes with finances or our lifestyles or, or what is important to us, God's not telling us this to put us in a trap. He's telling us to do, he told Moses, take your shoes off. I need to teach you that I'm holy right here in front of the bush. That wasn't, that wasn't just so Moses could get dirty feet. That was so later on when he went in front of people and said, listen, who, well, who told you to tell us what to do? I am that I am sent me and trust me when I tell you this, this guy's holy. I've been in his presence before. I've been barefoot in front of God and he's holy and he will take care of us. Moses had the confidence because of the preparation that he could have rejected that. And so, so in our lives, like God's word is put in front of us and, and, and they're finding out. Uh, and a lot of you have found out, by the way, a shameless plug, um, financial peace will be happening in September at this church. $80,000 in a year and a half. Get on that train. Um, so, but God's, God's boundaries for us living are always preparing us for what he wants to do through us later. And, and my wife and I can, can speak directly to that. We, we became, uh, we paid off cars and, and um, credit cards and all that stuff. How many years ago? I don't know, five years ago or whatever. And, and we now are, are business owners. Um, and, and when I sat in front of the, the finance guy for this business, um, he just looked at me like I was cross-eyed. He said, well, how many car loans do you have? I said, we don't have any. How many, how many credit cards do you have? We don't have any. He circled back around 10 minutes later like I was lying and said, how many car loans do you have? And I was like, dude, like maybe I should get another finance guy. You didn't hear me? And so God is always, when you operate inside his will for your life, he's always preparing you for what he wants you to do. And, and maybe you didn't know it at the moment, but you were following God's will for your life. You're paying off debt. You were figuring out a way that you could stay home. And the next thing you know, uh, God's will becomes crazy obvious in your life. And you can then trace back all the steps that he had prepared you for. It, it really was amazing. And it's still amazing to me, even looking back like on my childhood, you know, going through foster care and being adopted. And um, my dad is here today and um, they're you know, obviously a huge part of my life. Um, but um, just all those different things. I, I look back now and I'm like, you know, he had his hand on everything yeah. up to now. So it's just, it's really awesome. So you're moving through with this process. Just tell us how much it's going to cost. Don't be bashful. <laughs> um, roughly all in all, it, it'll be about $40,000. So with you know, travel with the agency fees, the home study fees, um, background checks, everything. It, it ends up being about $40,000. So. Somebody say amen for kids are expensive. <laughs> amen. And I'll, I told Pastor um, recently we're glad for his last sermon series because um, the stand and fight because, you know, we had our own struggles with that too. Um, you know, you get those little voices of doubt, like, this is a lot of money. We wanted to build a garage, finish the basement, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, those little voices kind of creep in and, you know, they, they do, they kind of, they get at you sometimes. So it was nice to have that sermon series and, you know, be reminded that 
you know, if you are doing God's work, that you are going to, you know, come against that and just to stand strong against it and, you know, keep your eye Amen. You know, ahead. So, that was good. Yeah. This story is still going on and on and on. And uh, uh, I just talked with Joe yesterday. Can can you explain his promotion thing? Can um, I'm not, I was in the military too, but I was like on the, the sea going side. I was, you know, Coast Guard, Navy, and Joe's Army National Guard. So I don't understand like pl- platoons and battalions and, you know, all that stuff. But um, he currently is in E7 and he had started out as military police and then he had gone um, and he was in, in the infantry for a while, and then he ended up going back to the military police. Um, kind of long story. But he's always wanted to retire infantry, and he'd always hoped to be uh, um, a first sergeant in the infantry. And, you know, he says, infantry, that's what the Army is. <laughs> and so that was kind of always his dream. But um, being in the MPs, he didn't. I don't think he thought that that was going to happen. He just kind of resigned to the idea that he was going to finish out his 20 years, you know, um, in the MPs. And then this last week, he got a call out of the blue um, and said that um, this infantry company wants him specifically. They want him to be their first sergeant in the infantry, which is the next rank up he has. So... (laughs) So, I mean, he didn't, it's not anything he reached out to anybody about. He didn't apply for anything. Um, That was, I don't even think that was ever a thought in his mind. But out of the blue, they said, they want you, your name above, you know, I don't know. He told you 200 and some other people they could have picked that are already in the infantry. They want him to cross rate back over to the infantry to be their first sergeant. And then he would... I think he said he'll have to extend for five or six months um, to get you know the benefits of retiring as an E8, you know. But so he told me yesterday that um, he had all pretty much given up hope as far as uh, in the career field he's in now. Making he said he said Chris, I would have to extend a year or more. He said I'm just not doing it, and uh, so I don't think he had really even. He's just given up hope on it. He he de- he went to um, was it Puerto Rico? Yeah. Went to Puerto Rico on a training and worked with a guy from I think that infantry, um, and came back. And uh, he told me yesterday that um, his boss called him and and basically said, "Hey, listen." This came from as high, the next level above the guy who, who asked for him would be the guy that runs the whole state. Um, and I said, does that guy know you? He said, he, I, I've never, he, he has no clue who I am. He worked with a guy in Puerto Rico while they were in training. And that guy went up and said, you need to get him to come over and lead this. Again, Every step, when you honor God, every step of the way, He is making He's making your path straight. Amen. He is He's working out the details. I'm standing over there by the inflatable yesterday, um, and Joe's like, "Dude, I don't, I can't even believe this is happening." 
This was my goal in life. I'm like, man, I need to get around you more. Like, I don't know what's on you, but like, just rub up against me or something. Like, um, and, and he said, I'll only have to extend like six months and I'll be able to retire as an E8, which was one of his life goals. And, and um, so I'm looking at him like, man, this is unbelievable. And so uh, I just, you know, this story has been playing out in front of me for the past, you know, four or five months or so. And, um, and, and, and meeting with Joe regularly, on, uh, we, we typically try to go out on Thursday mornings. We've uh, kind of taken over that time slot. And, um, and just the more we heard about it, and, and I was telling Pastor Don about it and things like that. And, and it was his idea. He said, hey, why don't we bring them out on stage and let them tell their story about how God's been faithful in directing their steps and preparing them. And, and we wanted to encourage you this morning. I, listen, I don't know uh, if you have a heart to adopt someone, to adopt a child today. If you do, hopefully this story encourages you this morning. But above that, taking those steps that God asked you to take. When he, tells, when he asks you to do something, just do it. He's preparing you every step of the way. He's preparing you to do great things. And... and we skipped the whole thing that you have to, you have to talk about his name. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about that. Um, I try to make it quick so Donna doesn't get upset about the kids in the back. <laughs> so, um, She's out here. She doesn't care. <laughs> so um, my friend Tiffany had said, you know, usually um, when the children are adopted, especially the older ones, usually they change their names. And her son actually wanted a new name when he was adopted. So Joe had thought about a couple different names that he liked, and most of them were biblical. Um, we already have Caleb and Hannah. So, um, but he hadn't told Caleb the names that he had, we had talked about. And the night that Tiffany was sharing everything with me, I was you know, praying to God. I was like, you know, if this is your will, if this is what you want for us, and, um, you know, well, I was asking, I said, you know, when we show Caleb a picture tomorrow, let him be like, that's my brother. And, um, and that didn't happen. <laughs> He's like, who? <laughs> I don't know who this is. So, um, but she had sent me a couple pictures a couple days later, um, some new pictures. And one of the pictures is this really cute picture of him. And he's got this big smile on his face, big toothy grin. And, um, and I showed Caleb and I said, Caleb, uh, who's this? And he looked at me and he goes, that's Isaac. And uh, that was one of the names that Joe had picked and we talked about. And Caleb's just like, duh, it's Isaac. So, um, so ever since then, he calls him Isaac and he refers to him as Isaac. And then we had to go through, um, I think it was three or four Saturday classes um, out at Shepherd for foster and adopt kind of classes um, mandated by the state. And the first day of class, they hand out these binders, and the lady says, you know, West Virginia's really poor, so we have to share materials. So um, you can't keep these, we have to share them. So they handed us um, our binder, and it's this red binder, and it had like all these ink blots and stuff on it, and honestly, I was like, oh, we got the ugly, dirty binder. <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting there going through the class, and then I looked down, and in the ink blots I noticed real faintly was in ink impressions it says Isaac so and I just I told Joe I was like look and 
it just, I had this really just peace over me, you know, when I realized that. So, um, and then the following Sunday, Pastor, you know, the sermon that he was giving, one of the things he was talking about, Isaac, and he was like, does anybody know what Isaac means? And I was thinking, I was like, I do, you know. <laughs> so, um, but... Uh, you guys ended up stealing the binder, didn't you? We did. Well, that was the other thing, was um, they, they let us keep the binders that that class, we, got, we took them home, and we came back the next week, and she said, well, I wasn't supposed to let you guys take those binders. I didn't realize the Monday night class needed them. But that gave us a chance to keep that binder, and we gave them a, a new, a nice new binder in place so we could keep that one. But, um, but yeah. Hedgesville Church's next deal is we're going to buy the adoption process binders. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she told me that. I thought, aren't they like a dollar? Um, every step of the way, God is directing us. Amen? We, uh, listen, uh, personally, I believe in them. Um, uh, I, 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 just, I just think their story is amazing. And uh, we've been able to share time together. And, um, and I do look up to Joe and, and the things that God has done through him in his life and um, his, uh, his ability to lead in, in tough situations. And then their ability to, to just set out what God wants in front of them and go for it with everything. And so, um, and so Pastor Don and I talked about it, and, and we want to uh, be a part of that adoption process. And so, um, you know, we're going to give you a gift on behalf of Hedgesville Church uh, towards that. If, um, you know, if any of you guys want to play a part in that, um, Maybe you've, maybe you've adopted and you've been through the process. You know what it's like. So any support or anything like that, we just, um, we just want to bless them and, uh, and just be a church that supports them all the way through. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and we can't wait for Isaac to show up here and be in Flip Kids. Right. Come, let's stand this morning. Father, we thank you today, God, your story is good. When we follow you, our story is good. And Lord, through every up and down, every trial and tribulation, you are, you are conditioning us to accomplish what you've put us on the earth to do. And Lord, we thank you for every single thing that has happened in this journey. Lord, we thank you for everything that's happened in our journey. And Lord, you have made us overcomers. Perseverance is in our heart. The devil's going to have to try a lot harder to stop us because it's not going to work. You've taught us how to fight. So we thank you for this, Lord. Lord, we're praying for this, this young boy where he is. We pray that your hand would be on him. We pray that you anoint him right now. We pray that you anoint this process. And God, we're looking forward to the day when that dream comes true and he's standing, he's standing here in our midst and we can lay hands on him and pray for him. We can dedicate him to you, Lord. We thank you for it. Lord, we're, we're thankful that you let a church be a part of this. That you brought great people into our lives to share your presence with. And so we pray that you bless them. God, you continue to guide them. Pour out a double portion on their lives as they walk through this, Lord. And God, I pray for every person in the room 
who you've called to accomplish something, Lord, it's down in their hearts. They know it's there. I pray that you'd stir it up in them. I pray, just like Paul talked to Timothy, I pray that you'd bring it back to their memory and you'd stir it up, God, and they chase after what you've called them to do, what you've called them to accomplish in this lifetime. Lord, we thank you for today. This is your story, and we love hearing it. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Could you give him honor and glory one more time before we leave?